I will speak to you in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. I think I can say that these last few weeks that we've all been living through have been trying for all of us. We've all been praying hard for this new year to be a better year than the one that's just passed. And absolutely, I believe that the year 2021 will be better, but it certainly hasn't made it there yet, has it? Just a little over a week ago, we all had to watch the deep division in this sick and troubled nation return again to violence and rampage. Certainly, 2020 had its violent summer with riots and protests all over the country, but this time, at the very beginning of the new year, violence and insurrection has gone straight to the very heart of our country's capital, the very seat of our freedom and democracy. What a sad day, January the 6th, was for all of us. And for me, the stress, worry, and disgust that I felt welling up on that afternoon of the church's Feast of the Epiphany was followed by something much, much closer to home for me and my family, something I've really been dreading for a good portion of the last decade of my life. Last Sunday, my beloved grandmother, one of the two grandmothers who practically raised me from the time I was born until I got to high school, received a terminal cancer diagnosis. My dad called me that evening and told me that the doctors have given her six months at the most before God will finally call her home. Now, as I know, many of you who have lost a loved one to age or disease know all too well. It's one thing to know that death will come to all of us eventually, but it's a completely different thing when you're informed that the countdown in days, weeks, and months has now began. It suddenly ratchets up the worry, panic, and deepening sorrow to a whole new level for us. As worried and stressed as this world and this country have made all of us over these past 10 months, all that can quickly fade from your mind when death knocks on your own family's door. This week, a very good friend reminded me that there's really just one thing that can ever get above family, and that is faith and hope in God. And he certainly right, and I believe it. Everything else in this short life we live, country, patriotism, jobs, material things, personal wants and needs, whatever, no matter how important they can be in our regular day-to-day lives, they can become far less important when we find out that someone we love unconditionally is going to leave us forever from this world. And that's certainly what's come home to me again over this past week. But I have to say, if there's anything that intense personal and communal and worldwide worry and stress can force on us all to do, it is to wake up to what are really the most important things that we have in our lives. Sometimes at night, when we're in the middle of a very deep sleep, it takes a loud bang to wake us up. For my wife, 
I really believe that if we live just a little farther over in the other direction by the train track, the sound of a CSX locomotive would not be able to wake her up most nights. But Audrey can hear the softest cries of our daughter. And when she hears Aoife crying out just down the hall from our bedroom, she's instantly up in that second on her feet and out the door to get to her. That's what motherhood provides for nearly every mother, I suspect. And of course, to replicate that awareness for everyone, I think that's why the sounds of our smoke detectors are so incredibly piercing. That sound has to be that loud and that serious for us to always try to ensure that no one will ever continue to sleep in their house or apartment if it were to catch on fire in the middle of the night. And just like that, sometimes it takes something as painful and as frightening as death itself to suddenly shake us awake and remind us that life is terribly short, that there is very little time to tell our family and friends that we love them, and there's very little time to make our peace with those we love but who mistakes and misunderstandings of life have caused us to separate ourselves from for a little too long. And certainly countries and nations need to be awakened from their sleep as well. Violence and war have a very swift way of doing that, though not always the case. I think one of the greatest lines ever recited in high school history classes is this one. Those who fail to remember the past are doomed to repeat it. Brothers and sisters, every time a war breaks out or every time peaceful protest sinks into violence and riot, then someone has obviously fallen asleep and forgotten what war and violence and mayhem have always led humanity to in the past. We all must work very hard always to stay awake because to fall asleep and to not notice what's really going on can and will lead us to devastation. Now, before anyone out there thinks that I'm somehow talking about one political party or the other, let me get serious with you this moment and try to shake you awake to something that I believe goes back much, much earlier and is far more important. Because here's the deal, brothers and sisters, nations and countries and people have always been falling asleep to what's most important since the beginning of time. This morning we are being presented with the example of that in the story of two Jewish prophets, one whose eyes have begun to dim and has fallen asleep, and one who God is trying hard to wake up for the good of all God's people. In the book of 1 Samuel from the Hebrew Bible this morning, we see God working hard to wake up a very young Samuel. For those of us who may not remember who Samuel is in the Hebrew Bible, just go back and take a few moments and Look up on Wikipedia who the prophet was who God sent to find the first great kings of Israel, Saul and David. That prophet was Samuel. But this morning, the Samuel we encounter is still just the son of his mother, Hannah, born out of intense prayer to God and placed in the temple in Shiloh to be formed under the tutelage of the great prophet of that day, the prophet Eli. But unfortunately, Eli and all of the Israelites have forgotten about God. They've forgotten 
what God has done for them. They've forgotten how in the midst of slavery in Egypt, God set them free. They've forgotten what God did with Moses about the law God gave them to follow, to keep their covenant with him. And they've forgotten who it was who gave them the promised land in the first place and led them into it through Joshua. The people of Israel symbolized this morning in their prophet Eli have fallen asleep. As 1 Samuel chapter 3 says at the very beginning this morning in verse 1, the word of the Lord was rare in those days and visions were not widespread. Sounds a little familiar to me. Well, all those years ago, this certainly was a dire indication. But God, in this story, has not yet given up on his people. God has a plan to try and wake them up. And it must begin with that young boy who's laying right there in God's temple in the very presence of the Ark of the Covenant. As the verse says, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And in that light of God's lamp, God begins calling out to Samuel. And just like a mother hearing the voice of their beloved, Samuel hears God and wakes up immediately, crying out, here I am. But of course, in a time when the word of God was rare and the visions were not widespread, Samuel just assumes that this must be Eli calling him and he moves out of his space and runs to the room where Eli is. Now Eli is so asleep, both physically and spiritually. When Samuel wakes him up and asks if he called him, Eli simply tells him to go back, lay down and get some sleep. And when Samuel is awakened again and he goes back to Eli for a second time, Eli says the same thing and sends Samuel back to bed again. It's only on the third awakening that Eli, finally, the Bible says, perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. And this third time, Eli tells Samuel that if he hears that voice again, he should call out, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And that's exactly what Samuel does when God calls out to him again. He wakes up and finally he begins to listen to God. Of course, we don't continue to read through this chapter in verses 11 through 14 this morning, which tells us exactly what comes out of God after Samuel wakes up. We don't find out this morning that God is not at all happy with the sleep that has fallen over his people and over Israel, nor is he happy with the prophet Eli. God's way of waking up Israel, we discover in those verses, is not at all going to be pleasant. Rather, it's going to be much more like a piercing sound of a smoke detector going off to wake the people in the middle of the night. But still, we can't forget that just like a smoke detector, no matter how shocking or piercing or frightening it may be when it wakes us up, its purpose is always to save us. And just like that, instead of God only promising his rebuke as punishment, by calling and waking up Samuel, who the scripture declares in verse 20 will be the one that Israel finally recognizes as a trustworthy prophet of the Lord, God is in fact ensuring that Israel can be reconciled and restored. God is making sure again that God's chosen people will be saved. All they must do, just like Samuel, is wake up 
and return to God. They just have to say again, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. They just need to take all their worry, all their fear and distrust and division and lay it at the feet of God again. Trusting in God above everything else and believing that God will always restore, reconcile and deliver them just as God has always done. If they would just go back to following God's commandments, to love God first and to love neighbor just as they love themselves and as they love their own family. And brothers and sisters, if you still haven't picked up on this undeniable connection yet. I believe that that time of Eli and Samuel, all those thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, is not really all that far off where we, as God's people, find ourselves today. For I believe that everything that we've been seeing over these last 10 months, the fear, the panic, the politicizing of a global pandemic, the political unrest and the sin of racism and hatred, the emergence of tribalism over unity, the utter idolatry of earthly kings and leaders is all a sign that we have fallen asleep to what held us together for ages past in our own lives and in our own country over sickness, war, and danger. We have fallen asleep to God. But brothers and sisters, just like in the time of Samuel, God's light has not gone out yet. It is still burning in the impending darkness. It is still the light shining as the shadow of fear, hatred, violence, conspiracy, and mayhem seems to be overwhelming us. And that voice is still calling out to you and to me and to this country and to this world. For we must never forget that God's love is unconditional. God's love is stronger than anything that this world will ever throw at us. God's love is stronger than sickness and cancer and coronavirus. God's love is stronger than tribes and insiders of violence and despair and anger. God's love is stronger than all manner of evil. And God's love is even stronger than death. We just need to wake up to God's love again. We just have to wake up and restore that love to everything we do, to every decision that we make, to every encounter and interaction we have with our neighbors, whether we know those neighbors or not. Can you imagine if we were to do that today, what this world would be like? We might still be in the middle of a pandemic. We might still be facing the death of those we love. But I believe that we'd be finished with division We'd be finished with racism. We'd be finished with hatred of one another for good. I believe we'd see swords of violence beaten into those plowshares. I believe the dream of Martin Luther King Jr., who will be celebrating again this year, this weekend, will finally come true. And all we need to do, brothers and sisters, is wake up and say together with a loud voice, Lord, your servants are listening. Lord, we will put you first. Lord, we will follow you and set everything else aside. Lord, we are ready to wake up. Amen.